Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome back to Rock That Relationship. Tracy and I are excited to be here again for yet another season. We are at season four talking about dating. This is this is really interesting and exciting because Tracy and I met at a point in time when we were sort of date, you know, dating, trying to get out there and date other people and, you know, try to get out there and, and, you know, kind of explore the dating world. And so a lot of the time that I have known Tracy and um has really been in the space of us getting out there and dating. And so this is going to be a lot of fun because I think it's going to be a walk down memory lane, but certainly really interesting when we talk about, um, you know, the process for knowing when you're ready to date, kind of putting yourself out there and all the different kinds of circumstances and scenarios that can come up uh, along the dating journey. So Tracy, welcome back. Yet another season. Are you ready for this? Well, yeah. Yes and no. (laughs) I'm always ambivalent. <laughs> I yeah. love to talk about this stuff, but oh my gosh, it's been, yeah, it's been a wild ride since what, almost two years ago. Right, right. We were just talking about yeah. that the other day. We've known each other almost two years. And during that time, we've had a lot of dating wins and a lot of dating shenanigans and a lot of all sorts of things in between, right? Some losses, I put it there. <laughs> yes, I, uh, yes, it has been a trip. And I'm not, not one that I wanted to take necessarily. Right, right. Well, I mean, today we're going to start with really the beginning of the dating process is, you know, this idea of getting back out there, you know, really, how do you know when you're ready? How do you get back out there? It's kind of, uh, you know, some of it's like the the physical and logistical things you can do to get back out there, but really that emotional state of mind of knowing that you are ready to date. And for some people, it might be dating for the first time. And for others, it's dating after a breakup or a divorce. Um, It could be any kind of scenario, but how do you know when you're ready? So let's start with this, Tracy, give me your thoughts on this. Like what does being ready to date look like or feel like in your mind? Well, I don't know. That's really hard to say. And I think it's particular, obviously for each person, but I want to back up first because when we met, I actually was not ready to date. I was just looking to make friends. Um, I don't know if you were in the same boat, but, um, you know, once we became friends shortly, I think we had met at that pool party, but then we didn't see each other for a month and a half. And in between that time, I had actually gotten on a dating app, not because I wanted to, but because I found out my ex-wife was on one. And then I was just kind of like retaliatory getting on an app and I met somebody that way. And so, um, you know, should I have ever gotten on the app? I don't know. But I think that's something, if you're ready to to move forward, then you shouldn't be doing stuff out of reaction to maybe your ex or um, to other people's suggestions. You know, like we had that whole episode on the things that people say to you when you're going through a breakup. And I really feel, I in my past, I didn't take time in between relationships. I jumped from one to the other immediately. You know, um, literally no pause. My ex-girlfriend reminded me of that yesterday that I was with somebody else immediately, <laughs> like before her plane left town. But, you know, <laughs> now as a mature adult, I don't want to do that anymore. It's just, it, it wreaks havoc in your mind and, and on everybody else. And I think that 
you need to sit down with yourself and really talk it through. Like, am I going to get on a dating app because I found out my ex is on one? Or am I going to get in a dating app? Because I think that's a legitimate and a good way to meet people. You know, am I going to go out to these events? I mean, you and I met at that party, but I really wasn't looking to date. I was looking to make friends. You know, I'd been living that very suburban life of children and not in a like a suburb of the town that we live in. And so I was trying to meet people that were more now back to being a single lesbian, like more in that crowd, you know? Right, right. Well, I mean, and that is, you know, an important factor. What does ready look and feel like versus what do you do that makes it look like you are ready, right? Like the putting yourself mm-hmm. on an app, like, is it convincing you, you know, like, and you're doing it in a retaliatory way and, you know, not necessarily to retaliate, but kind of as a like, look, I can do this too. Um, <clears throat> you know, is that really helping you get ready. So, I mean, when I think of like what, what ready looks like, it's more like what ready feels like to me. Um, you know, are you doing it? You have to ask yourself all these questions. Am I doing it because I'm lonely? I don't think you should date because you're lonely. I think you should date when you're feeling good. Um, I think that's a huge thing. Like don't go out dating to make yourself feel better. I feel like that I've learned over 50 is I need to feel good. I need to be happy. And then if I meet somebody, they add to my life, not trying to fill something in my life. Right. Like, you know, you complete me approach. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And there's a difference between not dating when you feel lonely versus not dating when you're alone. Right. Like I'm, you and I are both kind of serial companionists. I don't know. Maybe I just made that up right now, but we, we like doing life with another person and that enjoyment isn't to fill some kind of void in the fact that I haven't, you know, dealt with some kind of deep trauma. It's mostly just because I like the company. I'm extroverted. I love to be around people. So I'm a serial companionist, but if I'm dating because I feel like there's you know, this big gaping hole in my own sense of happiness and fulfillment of my own meaning of life. And I'm going to try to fill that with somebody. Um, I don't think that that relying on that is going to get me somewhere. So I, I do agree. Ready, ready looks and feels like I'm, I feel, I feel good about who I am. I, I feel good about, um, you know, kind of where I'm going. And I just, for me, I want to, I want to find someone to do those, to, to, to be happy with because I'm already happy. Um, to like share your happiness. I heard something yesterday on a TikTok or something that was like, how many times do you ask, what does that person need from me versus what do I need from that person? And I've never been at that point. This is not who I am. But I thought, gosh, that's a really good way of looking at it. What do I need from that person? Is that person going to add or detract from my life? And at this point in my life, I am only going to do people who add. Like, I don't need anybody detracting from my happiness. And that is, I think, crucial is to get to a point of happiness first, because you, in my opinion, you shouldn't be dating if you're not a happy person, you know, because you want to add to that person's life and you want to attract someone who's going to add to your life. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you too. And, you know, we go back to those notions of law of attraction, right? And you have these kind of higher vibrations where you are happy, you are fulfilled, and you probably will draw in people who are feeling that way too. Um, it tends to be like if you're really lonely and you're in despair. I mean, it, you and I were like magnets at this pool party and we, you know, come to find out later, we were both like in deep despair about our lives and then just chit chatted about, you know, survival shows, but we probably knew at some level, our vibrations were attracting each other to talk to each other because we were both going through a really hard time. And do you want to attract, right. you know, 
a possible partner who's, you know, if you're going through a really hard time and you're sort of attracting other people and you're just both like kind of misery loves company, I don't know. And I mean, it's, it's easier said than done to say like, be happy first, but there are ways to, to, to look at the world and say, I'm, I'm going to find joy in the things around me, like hobbies or uh, social connections or, you know, in your job or whatever it might be to get those things feeling like, you know, you can have a sense of positivity around them. And I think that does just attract people who are also kind of have that same mentality. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I was just having that conversation with an ex about gratitude because she's not feeling a lot of gratitude and it's to not, and she's not feeling very happy lately. And so it's kind of just, it's, it's like rolling over on itself. It just keeps gathering more unhappiness. And so we talk pretty much every day and I try to reset her, reset her. Okay. Look at this. Look at these great things you've got going. Not that I'm saying don't be sad or don't feel one way. It's like turn to the positive. I mean, you you and I have both done that. And that's where people get all crazy about love, you know, attraction and manifesting. Oh, you're just trying to manifest a million dollars. No, what I'm trying to do is attract the positive to me. It's it's not that I think that I can just conjure up a million bucks. It's that if I am happy, if I'm projecting happiness, if I'm feeling happiness, then I'm more likely to attract that to myself. And do I want to attract negativity? So if I'm in a negative space, I'm not ready to date, you know? And we should even go over the definition of dating because according to my best friend, I have no idea how to date because she's straight and I'm a lesbian and I'm a U-Haul lesbian and I'm a total serial monogamous. And she's like, don't you understand that you can just date somebody without having to commit your whole life to them and then find out, oh, it's not working and move on. And that's not in my realm of understanding, mm-hmm. you know? So I think also when you go out to date, if you, that's what you're going to do, you need to decide, what does that mean to me? Because it means something different to so many people, right? There's like a million different definitions, not just because you're straight or gay or whatever. Like it's it's maybe where you are with your attachment style. It's, you know, it's it's there's so much that goes into it. Right, right. Well, and it's, yeah, it is important to understand kind of what your own expectations are. And it goes back to that. Again, what are you putting out there is what you're drawing in. I know you and I had a conversation at one point about uh, knowing when you're ready to date is if you imagine yourself on a date with someone other than maybe if you just got out of a relationship, like your ex, if you imagine yourself on a date with someone else, or you imagine yourself, um, you know, say somebody asked you on a date and you could actually picture that person in your head. Um how does it make you feel? Are you excited or do you feel kind mm. of like your stomach turning? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I mean, you know, part of it is putting out those, those emotions and those vibrations, but also part of it is tuning into your gut, right. And trusting kind of what is your gut telling you about whether you're ready or not. And if you put yourself in the kind of an imagine yourself scenario, you could probably, you know, get a real good gut check as well. Yeah. And I, and there's like different ways of looking at that too, because, you know, we listen to those different breakup coaches who some we've had on our show, like coach Dorothy, and then there's coach Kendra and, you know, coach Kendra says, if you make a date, but then you literally feel sick and you just don't want to do it, then go ahead and don't do it. Like you have to honor your feelings. You don't owe anything to anybody other than courtesy and kindness, but you know, don't pressure yourself. Don't put yourself in a situation that that's pressuring to you. That's going to make you I mean, I've had that vomit feeling and, and I've been pressured to date by other people. And I'm just like, no, because I don't want to go and meet somebody when I feel like throwing up about it. You know, (laughs) they probably probably appreciate that too, right? (laughs) Maybe I missed something, but like, I feel better, 
you know, and it's yeah. true. Maybe you're not always ready. Like maybe you don't have to. And it's, I was talking to one of my former mothers-in-law yesterday and she's a person who's a introvert and she's a hermit self-proclaimed and she wants to live that way. And she was saying that like, she doesn't want other people around. She doesn't care. She's, she's not that way. Right. And so what would be the point? I don't know why I brought her up. It's some, it was something very important and I can't remember, but like, <laughs> what's the point? Why should she force herself to be the way other people say? And, you know, when you're a single person, people like lose their mind. Like you better date. You need to get out there. You need to do this. No, you need to do what's going to make you feel good. And if you feel like puking, when somebody mentions something, then honor that feeling. Honor the puke. Is that what you're saying? Honor the feeling of, no, yeah. don't honor that. Honor the <laughs> no, feeling. No, that will be our of... tagline for this episode. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Honor your true feelings about it. Okay. that's That sounds way more. Don't ignore them. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let me ask you this question though. So like, say you did make a conscious decision in your mind that you do want to date. Like you don't want to be like single, you know, forever, like a choice. Um, but you want to date, you know, what are the things that you've done in the past to get ready to date? Like to help yourself get to that point of, you talk about getting to the point of happiness, but also just kind of other things that you did even logistically, like what did you do to get ready to date? Even if you didn't know who you were going to date, but just putting yourself back out there. Hmm. I can't, I don't know that I've ever really done that. That's the thing is like, since I've been tw- 21 or since actually since I was 20 years old, I have just literally met the other person before I ended the other relationship, not in a cheating way, but like, I've never had that in between time until now. And I've had that in between time. Now I've dated two people since I got divorced and, um, I didn't really prepare for it. And and those people came out of the blue. The one I met when I got on that app as, you know, just to get on there is in, I don't know if it was necessarily retaliation, but it was in response to my ex-wife doing it. And I was just kind of looking around. I wasn't, I had no intention whatsoever of dating. I was looking for friends also. And then the second time was completely out of the blue and not from a dating app, not from anything else and completely unexpected to me. So I didn't, I didn't even know that I was ready. And I guess that's how I found out I was ready, that I was attracted to someone and I hadn't been attracted to anyone else. And since the other person, you know, right. So kind of the opposite of the feeling like you're sick when you imagine someone, if you feel attracted and you feel those positive feelings, that was an indicator to you that you're ready. Well, yeah. And I'm not a person that's going to say, Oh, I didn't, I'm not ready yet. Even though I, if I'm feeling attracted to someone, then I'm ready. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's good to know, right? I mean, for me, it was much more of a process and, you know, as people, as our listeners have been doing and they've realized that I'm a very process oriented person, very methodical. And so there are a few things I did to kind of get ready, get over the X, get moving forward, get myself in a headspace and heart space, ready to receive and give love. Um, You know, the first thing was doing a lot of self-work. Um, realizing that, okay, I need to be my best self when I go into this next relationship. So I need to work through my old relationship issues. I need to work through any kind of trial, childhood trauma. I need to do anything, you know, every single thing, like, you know, not getting picked for the kickball team in third grade. I had to just work through it because I didn't want to bring that level of baggage into my next relationship. And I, a part of it was, I didn't even realize how much baggage I had until I started unpacking. I thought I had like a, a carry on. And I realized I had a couple big, huge uh, checked bags that I needed to like unpack. And 
um, you know, working through those, I'm not, I don't think it's ever possible to be like, quote, healed and work, you know, having worked through everything. But I definitely believe that I have certainly made a lot of self-work progress. So, so that was good. Like I, I was able to also realize like triggers for me, patterns for me, um, the things like my no-goes and my must-haves, things I didn't realize right away, but that, that self-work helped me uncover those. Um, I also, you know, I set my intentions um, and I, I set them probably a little too early after my last breakup. Um, but I, you know, wrote a manifest. I started with a dear soulmate letter and I wanted to make sure that I was also kind of, um, spiritually, you know, and I'm not really, I'm not really religious or anything, but kind of like more like the, the universe kind of has my back kind of feeling, but spiritually ready to receive someone. Like, am I open? Do I, am I summoning the person that I want? And so, you know, again, like you with the manifesting, it's not like I'm like, I wish for a million dollars and then you have it. But part of it was writing that manifest and kind of setting those intentions also helped me be ready to know when I saw it, maybe I don't want to pass that person up. And that was really important, mm-hmm. particularly for my current partner was I wrote a manifest and it was almost like a checklist of things. And when I, when I met her, I was like, wow, like she meets a lot of those things. And so I knew I didn't want to pass up the opportunity. Oh my, hello. She was like, a, like as if you had conjured up your list in real life. I know. Maybe I, mean, I should have put it uncanny. And a million dollars at the end of that manifest. Cause then she, she would have shown up and said, do you want to go on a date? By the way, I have a check for you. I mean, that, that could have been really cool. Um, so, but there's, you know, there's a, I, you know, I'm wondering what your thoughts on this. I didn't do this, but I've heard people who have, and I don't know if you ever have, but like making room or space in your, in your home for someone, like I've heard like sleep only on one side of the bed and kind of like, you know, kind of create a, a, a just a, a feeling or an aura of someone being able to, you know, take over that other space in the bed when they arrive at some point in your life, clearing out a drawer for them, um, really kind of physically making space as if they're about to enter your life. Have you ever done anything like that? No, but I did. Um, strangely, I had, I was like, let me move all of this. I would move my desk by the kitchen versus in this front room. And then a roommate appeared, you know, a woman who needed a place mm. to stay. And, you know, like, I was like, that's weird. Now I've, I have this open room, right? And then the roommate left my life and then suddenly this dating opportunity came up. And so a lot of their stuff went in that room. And so it was interesting. Like I didn't create, intentionally create that space, but when that space became open twice, uh, people appeared to fill it, which I thought was very interesting. It was not intentional on my part, but it happened. That is really, really interesting. You know, you know, even basically, despite the lack of intentionality, it's like somehow, you know, in some ways, like the 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 universe shifted and and you you know what happened happened. Um, I've never actually done this, so I don't. I've never even unintentionally done it. Um, I just I had my ex. That would kind of make me sad to do that, though. Right? I know. I mean, I. I happen to have an empty dresser after my ex and I right. split up and I only sleep on one side of the bed. So I guess I was unintentionally doing it as well. Only out of a habit, less out of like trying to. Okay. I'll someone. try this because I sleep diagonal across the bed. Plus I have multiple creatures in there at any time. Although the, I woke up this morning and no one was there and I was so offended. Aww. I was like, well, you yeah, know, they both went to the living room and then the one was on the floor where he always is. But I was like, what? Nobody's in bed with me. <laughs> But then I like stretched and I stayed looking in there longer and enjoyed it just thinking about the day. And I don't usually do that. I usually just pop right up. But the interesting thing was like, I do sleep diagonal across the bed, maybe. Okay. 
I'm going to do this as an experiment. So by the time we're done taping the season, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so see we're going to basically see at the end good. of the season, I'm going to say, Tracy, is anybody else sleeping in your bed with you? And then you're going to say, yes, right. it worked. We'll <laughs> or no, it didn't. I, well, or no, it didn't. Yeah. We don't know. This is the big mystery. Exactly. What will happen? Okay. So I do have to share with listeners one of the things that I did to get ready to date um, via your idea and maybe suggestion, or at least putting it out there mm-hmm. for me to consider was this idea of practice dating. Um, you know, that, that term kind of sounds weird. Like, you know, you're, you know, you're practicing something you're not really interested in and you could potentially hurt other people. Um, that really wasn't what it was. It was kind of, uh, the suggestion to put up a profile on a dating site, kind of just take a, take a chance to see who's out there. And if anyone does Mm -hmm. pick your interest, maybe go on on a date and see how it goes without the pressure of thinking like I'm here to find the next love of my life. It was mostly just to say, how do I feel? Okay. I put the profile up. How do I feel? Do I feel nervous? Do I feel excited? What did it feel like when I scrolled through and looked at people? Did I feel like I was like, you know, again, going to maybe vomit or did it feel like I was like, wow, I could go out with this person. And Mm -hmm. so I did practice dating. Um, I put up a profile um, and it, you know, we're going to have a whole thing on online dating, so I'm not going to get too far into that, but um, I did go on one date, really one kind of major date during my practice dating before I decided, well, maybe I'll just actually date on this site. Um, and I went out, it was like right away. It was within the first few days. And I remember that, um, I, I, there was someone I was like, wow, this is cool. And we had messaged two or three times on the app. And then it was like, do you want to meet for coffee? So in the meantime, I couldn't remember where we were going to meet and, uh, the name of the place. And so I wanted to get ready. It was a couple of days before the date. And I was like, oh, I want to time it and see how long it's going to take me to get there. So I can figure out when I need to leave. So I'm going to get back on the app, look at our message thread and see what the name of this place was. Well, I got on and her profile was gone. All our messages were gone. Like she must've un, you know, friended, linked or whatever it was matched or whatever with me. And now all of a sudden it was gone. And we did not exchange phone numbers. So I had no other way of getting a hold of her. I was able to figure out the name of the coffee place. But the question I remember for you was, do I go? Am I being mm-hmm. ghosted? Do you remember that whole situation? Oh, I remember it very well. And I said I would come sit there at the mall, <laughs> remember, with my then partner. Yeah. <laughs> that we would be at the mall. And if this lady didn't show up, then we'd just hang out at the mall and have fun. And I think that, You know, that was something here we've talked about spiraling and you spiraled out of control that this lady had ghosted you, that it was a reflection on you, that it was all this. And I said, it could be a glitch in the system. You don't know. And it turned out to be a glitch in the system. And the lady was there and everything was great. And you're friends with her now. And like, you know, that's the other thing about dating. You can't take it personally. Well, but that's part of it is like part of being ready is to know or to feel that you have like thick skin to not take it personally. And Mm -hmm. it was at that moment Mm -hmm. that I realized I wasn't ready. I was taking it personally. This was my first out of the gate experience. And I was like, was I ghosted? What did I do? And, um, I think had this happened later on in my process, it wouldn't have been so traumatic, but because it was the very Mm -hmm. first one and I wasn't sure if I was ready, I was like, I am not ready. It, she ended up, you're right. She ended up showing up. We ended up having a nice time. We had a great conversation. Um, I ended up at the end of the end of it, realizing like I, she's lovely, but I am not, I'm not ready to date at all. I'm not ready Mm -hmm. to date anyone. 
And there were, you know, not in front of her, but, you know, in my car afterwards, there were quite a few tears. Um, mostly the tears were not at all about the date. The tears were about the fact that I was just not ready and I wanted to be ready. And I just wasn't. And, and why are people not ready? Because they still are thinking they want to get back to their ex or they're still sad about the ex or they're still, they just maybe haven't recovered from what happened with the ex. It doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, I think right. in your case, you're with someone for a long time. And when we've said this before, when you go to get in with someone, you know, you have to invest in them. And once you put emotional investment into another person, it's like when you go to buy a house and you like, you know, if you're going to put down 20% or whatever on a house, you got to see yourself in that house for a long time or you're just a flipper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're there. I'm okay. This is, I mean, I did this in Seattle over and over at the height of like the market. And it was like, ugh, petting people's gross animals and acting like I just thought they were so cute so I could get their house. Right. And like, I was like, I'm going to be here if I'm going to do this process of all this grossness that I'm having to do. And like one time I brought my old police partner as my pretend husband, you know, stuff like that, because yeah, like that's a whole nother story. But like the whole thing was you're, I want to be in that house for life. I'm going to, I'm going to garden here. I'm going to, you know, sit and have my drinks in the morning. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a family or whatever. Like when you go to put that kind of money into a house, you need to see yourself there for a long time. And when you put in emotional investment in another person, you need to see yourself with them long-term because, you know, it's one thing to like, just go and meet a random, I don't know. I don't know. This is a whole nother discussion, maybe for a different podcast, but like, what does it even mean to have those dates? You know, what is a date? And then I'm getting off track. I've lost track. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? I think think what you're saying is that it, it takes, it can take a while or it can take a lot of effort or it, it just might not happen really, really suddenly to, you know, get past, get over something that you've invested a great deal in. And there, so, you know, it wasn't that I was like missing my ex and was like, oh, I wish it was her instead of this other lady. It wasn't that. I was just still heartbroken and I was still dealing with. But someone. it was a different life than you expected. You didn't right. expect it. I mean, that's what people have been married for a long time and now they're going to go out dating. They're not like psyched about it. They're usually pretty sad at first because it's like, that's not what I envisioned for my life. And, you know, this brings up a whole thing with like, what are we told as children? You know, we're, I mean, my whole fantasy of all my life has been, I'm going to meet the one I'm going to be with that person forever. And then I've been a serial monogamous and I'm like, this is not what I thought when I was a teenager, what my life would look like. And is that because we're being told something that's not really realistic or is it this only for a few people get that, you know, to be with somebody for a long term, but it is once you invest in a person, it is very hard to like get yourself then out of that emotionally, even if you've right. physically broken up, you know? Right. Well, it's the reimagining, right? Like, so I'm sitting here with this other person and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going like totally down the rabbit hole, but I'm reimagining what would my day to day look like if we were in a relationship mm-hmm. versus what I just had. Is that what I want? Right. And the reimagining means that you kind of have to let go of what you had in order to reimagine something you don't have. And that, that is taxing. Right. And it's scary Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it brings up a lot of emotions. So part of it was, you know, the crying was about like, 
you know, I'm, you know, kind of sad and heartbroken and still dealing with that, you know, but it's also this idea that my future is going to look really different. Or what if I don't find the person or, you know, what if I'm never ready? And all those things were bubbling up and, you know, ultimately ended up with tears and and so forth. But, you know, I, I couldn't have done that first date with a better person. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for her and, and had, you know, then built a friendship with her later on. Um, and, you know, so that was really helpful. It could have been like a really bad date. And then that would have also compounded my, oh my gosh, I'm not right. ready. But it was actually, had I been in a different place, it, you know, that we may, that may have turned out a little differently, but I wasn't. And that's part of also right. when I knew that I wasn't quite ready. So, but let me ask you this question, Do, you know, as we talk about it, in this case, I, I got out there um, before I was sure that I was ready. Um, would you recommend doing that? Do you think like in some cases that can be helpful? Like was my practice date helpful for my healing and moving on no, and moving forward? No, no, it wasn't. So you no. wouldn't. No, I think it's mean to the other people. I'm not saying you were mean. I'm saying I've been the victim of this twice now where the people aren't ready and yet they're out there and they're they're pursuing the other person, in this case me, and they're not ready. And it just, you know, like I get invested pretty quickly. I if I'm going to go out with someone on a date, I've already decided I like them. Like I've already sussed you up. I've already, I mean, I was a cop. I have very good instincts for that. I've met thousands of people in my life. And so I'm not wasting my time. I'm not a person who's going to go out with random people or, you know, somebody I, I can tell automatically I'm not going to connect with in that way. Like I have a ton of friends, but you know, I've, there's been like eight women that I've been attracted to in my entire life. And so if you're not ready, just leave everybody else out of it. I have very strong feelings about that. Okay. But, but, but let me ask you though, because you, you did suggest practice dating to me. So how does that differ? Okay, I was delusional you? at the time. Take <laughs> you're, gonna, back. you're admitting you're delusional. I have it on a recording. I don't um, know what I meant by practice dating. Anyway, I'd like to go back and revisit that. Did I mean that you should I don't know what I meant. And I do believe I said later I created a monster. So yes, you did, did say not, that. Yes. I did not turn out the way I thought it would. <laughs> and I, I don't know. And then that one, so my experience, I never have practiced dated, but I did go meet somebody and I was like, well, I'll just pretend like it's a date. That person won't know that I'm pretending. And it was like a move me past someone. Then I end up dating that person. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good idea to go out with real human beings. And when I said practice dating, did I mean real people? Well, I would think I mean, so. I don't know who else I would go out with. What would I practice? Well, Just... did I say like you should go out and pretend like when I say practice dating, <laughs> did I mean you should go to them and say, hi, I'm ready to date? Or was it like just to, okay, I think <laughs> when I say practice dating, I mean the other person doesn't know. They think you're just out for making friends. And you're like, when I say practice day, I mean, pretend in your mind that you're on a date, not present as if you're on a date. The people that I have encountered who presented that they're ready for a relationship and they're not, that to me is just keep yourself at home. Don't put another person through that because that person gets interested and in, into you and then you're pulling back because you were never ready in the first place. And that has happened to me twice. And I am, I am not happy about it and I'm not a fan of it. Okay. Well, does that think, make sense? When I say practice dating, what I mean is in your own mind, you're practice dating, not, yeah. Well, it, not does, that you're it does now. 
back then yeah. you were helping me develop a profile. So that wouldn't have been in my own mind. However, I will say that the two situations where you had, where you've been with people who maybe weren't ready have happened after you suggested practice dating to me. So that, you know, it may be that that's also come from this idea that, Ooh, it's kind of stinks to be on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the reality was I wouldn't necessarily suggest to practice dating. Like if you know, you're not ready, don't go out with someone, but if you're not sure if you're ready or not, go out with someone. There, there's no harm in having coffee and seeing how you feel. You're not like, don't get into some kind of relationship or, you know, make promises. But when you go out, you should say like, I'm not sure where I am. I'm really kind of looking for yeah. friends as well. You know, yeah. I'd like to, and that's, I may, I have a bunch of friends now from the dating apps or these apps, you know, that are just friends. Right, but I never right. presented as I wanted to date them. Well, see, I mean, I, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have any issue with actually going out on a date with someone because you, you know, you can, you can also like, I could have gone out and then realized that I was ready. Um, you know, or maybe I thought I was ready. And then five days later, I realized I wasn't ready. So I, I think it's, so it's okay. I mean, as long as you, you know, there's no, there's no expectation that there's like, you're getting, I wouldn't get into a practice relationship. But going mm-hmm. out and having coffee and seeing if there's like, you know, chemistry and see if you are interested. And then if you realize you're not ready, then it's okay. And if you realize that during the time, you can say, I'm not sure if I'm ready. If you realize that after the time and you follow up with that person because they want to go out again, say, listen, I'm not sure if I'm ready, but I'd like to continue this as a friendship. Um, I, I think yeah, that I think that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I don't have an issue with that. All right. So we, we see like the, 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 the practice dating, but not <laughs> practice relationship. All right. Let me ask you this. Right. So. Um, you know, we talked, you talked a little bit about this, the possible setbacks of dating before you're ready. One of them is it can hurt the other person. Certainly I agree with you hundred percent. I would not be getting into any kind of relationship or moving forward until I have, you know, kind of figured out that I am ready. I've dealt with my own stuff. I'm, I'm ready to move forward, or at least I'm pretty close to being ready. Like that's, that's the thing. Um, but what are other possible setbacks of dating before you're ready? Like my crying in the car set me back, right? A little bit. Did it set you back or did it set you free in a way? I mean, did you need to do that crying? Maybe you needed that. Maybe oh, that was another release that you needed, you know? I Well, I did. And, and the things that were coming out of my mouth during the sobbing tears about I'm going to die alone and all those kind of things, you know, were freeing in a way. But then it actually, um, I did go through a short period of time where I was like, you know, kind of digging up old wounds. Like I want to be ready. Why am I not ready? I don't understand. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do to be ready. Why am I not ready? And so it did put a little bit of self-doubt in me about my own capacity to be ready. Well, that was a conversation that we had and that I believe you've written about in your um, new book that you're going to get published is that you were trying to force something. Right. Is that you thought that this should be on a timeline and that you're, because you're an academic, you go through the processes and it's supposed to work this way. And I was saying to you, that's not how it works. Like you're going to feel like this. You're going to, even if you, even if you get with somebody that you like, that doesn't mean you're going to stop having feelings about something that happened in the past, you know? And I I feel like that's really an unrealistic thing. And that I am not a fan of this pain. As I have said before, I don't like it. But I have chosen to grow through it as awful as that's been. And I wouldn't, I didn't have a choice in it. So I have to get through it the best way I can, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's, you didn't, you thought that you could force a process. You thought that you could move yourself forward with your steps, but your, your emotional self wasn't there yet. Right. You know? 
Well, and that was part of the, part of that epiphany, right? I wasn't just crying because it was like, I wasn't crying because it was a bad date. I was crying because I wasn't where I thought I wanted to be. And that set me back because you're right. I had a very, very methodical process of how to heal, um, which a lot of it actually helped me heal, but it wasn't on a timeline that I could control. And so I was upset that I was, I, I felt like I was less, less ready after the date than I was before the date. And that was frustrating and hard for me. Um, well, it's not linear, right? It's no. like some back and forth and off to the side. And that's the thing I think people need to understand is it's not going to be linear. It's not going to go by, you know, the timeline that you set out and you have right. to honor that, you know? Right. Exactly. Well, I know some of the other possible setbacks of dating before you're ready. I've never experienced this, but I've heard other people talk about like, um, you might go out with someone and even if it's a, a, a good date or an okay date, you realize you're not ready. And so you get really nervous to date at all. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Even if you actually really are, you've kind of told yourself in your head, you're not. And like seven years goes by and you're like, no, no, I'm still, I'm still working through my stuff. And, and maybe, maybe you are, but a lot of times people might get, you know, when you get a setback, like if you had, um, you know, a, a difficult or challenging experience, you might be hesitant to do something again. Um, like my daughter had, she fell off her bike when she was really, really young and she's scared to ride a bike now, you know, and, and mm -hmm. even though she's totally physically healed, I, I, you know, she's probably moved past it mostly emotionally. She's afraid to get back on a bike at all. And so, you know, some people get this with dating and, or they create such high standards, right? Like, like, well, this person wasn't for me because they didn't have this, this, and this. And then these like, I mean, you should have very high standards. I, I don't disagree, but sometimes almost unattainable standards so that it makes it so you create a criteria that no one's eligible to date. And therefore it's a very good excuse to not move forward to date. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's, that's a philosophy, right? About dating. What is it? Like, how important is it? Like, do you really need to do it? Is it something that's, like, why do you have to do it? Why do you need to go out and do it? Like, if you're not ready, if you don't feel it, and if you're you're coming up with all these blocks and you're just saying, well, I can't do it, I I don't, you know, whatever, you're seven years of, of, of naysaying it, maybe you just don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. why do you need to? Why do you need to? Right, maybe right. some people just don't want to, or they, they're just, I don't know. I mean, I'm a person that to me, dating is integral. Being in a relationship is integral. It's something that I want in my life. And there are other people that just don't. And maybe those roadblocks they put up or they say that they're putting up is to prevent other people from like pushing them into something they don't really want. Or, you know, I think societally you have to come up with the reason why you're not dating. You yeah. know, you listen to these comedians and everybody or people talking about how you know, everyone's pressuring them, you know, married, straight people to have kids and things like that. It's like all these expectations that other people put on you or that you should have to have. I think that causes like this extra pressure on people. And then they need to come up with excuses as to why they're not doing it. Maybe they just don't want to, yeah. you know, maybe that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know like you don't have people who to don't. be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's end this, you know, kind of with one, you know, kind of thought here about taking the next step. So if you do determine that you're ready, so some of the things we talked about is kind of that the vibrational, you know, putting out, being in a place where you're kind of happy and satisfied and, you know, feel good about your own life and you're putting out positive vibrations is one. The second was, you know, trusting your gut. 
Um, the other thing is, you know, putting yourself out there, um, doing your own self work, knowing what your intentions are, your no goes are, making room and space for others, and even practice, maybe practice dating or a variation of that to get back out there. So you do that, you realize I- I'm ready. I'm ready to to actually date. Um, you and I have really different approaches to yes, we're the opposite. Dating. Absolutely opposite. So you're more of a leave it up to fate and the universe and like the flow and like, you know, someone will come to you when they're supposed to come to you and you'll mm-hmm. test your attraction. And, you know, you could talk more about that. And I'm more about having a very specific strategy for finding a needle in a haystack kind of thing. So, so tell our listeners a little bit about if they were to take the next step and leave it up to fate or the universe or flow. What, I mean, what did that look like for you? I think, well, it's just living your life, right? It's just living your life and that the person will appear or a person will appear. And for me, that was one person on an app and one person that appeared in a different way, um, both unexpected to me and both people I was immediately attracted to. And so I think like, you know, I just don't, I can't, I can't do what you do. I just, my brain isn't organized that way. My feelings don't work that way. I guess I'm still mired in the fantasy of you know like there is the person out there there's the soulmate for you um and they will come when when things are right you know and i i will float along until that happens now i'm not saying that that works out always but i've had some very intense love affairs you know and i guess to me i didn't go looking for those people they just came your process is much more deliberate and I think you've gotten a more deliberate outcome too you know than mine mine is chaos and you know chaos everywhere that's all I have to say (laughs) yeah (laughs) mine is chaos but if a person can live I, I I don't know I do think it's particular to your personality right how you're gonna approach it how anyone's gonna approach it I just can't I can't even imagine like trying to come up with a game plan that's a good way. But of you can't it. imagine Gameplay. doing it my way. Oh my right? gosh. If I just lived my life and just, you know. Bam. Like, they're going to appear. They're going to. I mean. Just, yeah. I mean. I mean that's current... how I met the person I was with for eight years. She and I. I went on a date. I dated this other lady woman for six weeks. Right. And on my first date with her. And I'd met her at a party. And I just asked her out. And we wish she's like, do you want to go play pool with me? With my friend and her girlfriend. And I was like, okay, great. So we went to play pool. And the girlfriend and I ended up talking most of the night and the other two talked. And then I ended up dating the person I went with for six weeks. But I later, you know, m- my ex, now ex, but she called me and was like, hey, this one and I broke up. Do you want to get, you know, just, I don't even think it was for dating and we were just going to hang out. And then I ended up with her for eight years, you know, and I met her on a date with somebody else. Like, you don't know where these people are going to come from. No, no, you absolutely don't. But I do think that's in, what is interesting though is, you know, I, while I do take a really methodical approach, I also have a little bit of a hybrid of like what happens, happens, like the universe will send you people. But I think that the methodical approach is that I wanted to do things that would make me more available when those would happen. So like um getting online, right? Like you can't online date mm-hmm. if you're not online, right? So getting online right. opened up an opportunity for people to come into my life, going to more like uh, lesbian events, hosting lesbian meetups and just seeing who came, um, mm-hmm. 
I, I did this other thing that was very, very unsuccessful, which was I really like books and I'm a writer. And so I would go to our used bookstore and just kind of linger around and see if I saw anybody. And then, you know, I don't know what I was going to do if I saw somebody like, be like, Hey, what are you reading, baby? I don't think I was going to do that anyway. So I had no plan <laughs> after I identified somebody at the bookstore. Right. I did this like a few times and it was entirely unsuccessful. But I think that the, the, the underlying part of that is going to places um, and doing events and going and doing activities that, that you really like. So that you're going to meet other people that like those too. So the chances of actually connecting with someone with similar interests is higher. So I guess the idea was physically putting myself out there. So I did create a plan, my 44 point healing plan, which included things around dating and, you know, and so I was very methodical, but I also did some spiritual things. I wrote my manifest, my dear soulmate letter. I did kind of make room in my own heart for someone to arrive. And, you know, but I mean, I didn't like, I, I did do like, I did have, you know, not a lot of dates, but I did have some dates and things. So I, I was actually you trying were communicating to with a lot of people. I, I was you messaging have a with spreadsheet a lot. at one point. I did. And I, yes. You're very deliberate. And I think that for your kind of brain and your kind of personality, that's the important thing to do. Like you have to honor it your way. Like you have to do it the way that you is going to make you feel best. Right. I I was just thinking back to the 1990s. Like my old police partner sent me a video of one of my exes from 1996 yesterday, but it's a current video of her. And like that person I met, like it, everything was random right? We met in court. She pursued me. Then the next attorney I met in the office, like she pursued me. And like, then I met, you know, my ex of eight years on a date with somebody else. And for me, like, that's, that's the only way I want to live my life is it just happens. And I can't, mm-hmm. I just can't live any other way. And I guess if you look at our lives in every other aspect, it's the same, right? My life is complete and utter happenstance. And yours is very deliberate. And now there are days when I'm like, God, I wish I could be more like Corey. I'm going to make a goal. I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to do it. And then I just don't because it's, I do think it's partly how you're wired, you know, how you're wired as a, as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and what, I think part how, of that's, do you, how are you going to feel comfortable? Right. And part of that's that self-discovery, right? That self-work of realizing mm-hmm. like, like I am really type A and I really like to have an organized methodical process. And that was no surprise to anyone when it showed up in the way that I approached dating, because you're right. That's how I live my life. And it makes sense for you. You know, you, you have one of those when, you know, one door, you know, closes another opens kind of Mm -hmm. philosophy and, you know, and that's how you live your life. So it would be surprising if you did as much of a stranglehold on your dating life as I did, because that's just not who you are. And so I think as one of the biggest pieces, and I think, you know, I'll kind of, you know, end us with this is really understanding what again, what works for you to get and feel ready mm-hmm. if you want to date? That is, if you want to date to get and feel ready, what works for you? And it might be different than for someone else. And that when you are ready, that you take those first steps in a way that make you feel good about yourself and that align with who you are. So if it means putting together a spreadsheet and, you know, getting very organized and deliberate and intentional about your dating, do that. If it means just, you know, putting, living your life and someone will show up, do that. It could be anything in between. So I think the, you know, really what the whole point is, is trying to figure out in your own heart and in your own mind and your own gut, what feels ready and then what feels ready to do when Mm -hmm. you're ready to go out and date. And don't let somebody else pressure you because that won't go well. 
Exactly. It's, it's, you know, being in touch with who you are and, and what you want is really key. All right. Well, thank you, Tracy. Again, this was a great first episode. Get us really thinking about dating, getting back out there. And, you know, again, we're excited to, you know, to launch this season all around dating and issues that, you know, as you're getting ready, getting yourself out there, maybe you're actively in the dating world or you're considering dating. Um, these are, you know, definitely some, some ideas and some thoughts that, you know, really to kind of, you know, get you thinking and get you ready for that dating world. Again, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.